Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. According to uh, France uh, fashion industry experts, French lingerie has gone from over-the-top sexy to comfortable and practical. And you can thank COVID for that. Really? COVID ruined something else. It's a partially the result of women wanting more useful underwear and partially the way society and the world has changed. So you can say goodbye to the French maid outfit. Wow. Cancel culture. <laughs> I'm glad International Women's Day was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're going to start saying that uh, everyone should just put on the old French maid's outfit now because it's just normal. It's a good look. Uh, always, uh, always wondered though, the ladies in the thong, I know some dudes will wear the thong as well. Always in the best of situations, it looks uncomfortable to me. Uh, definitely. I don't know any dudes that wear it, but, uh. I know a fellow or two. <laughs> <laughs> but even the ladies, dead sexy, mm. but damn uncomfortable. It looks that way to me. Uh, do you find there's a moment on Sundays where your stomach drops when you realize tomorrow is a work day and it's happening to people more often during the pandemic, mainly because there's been less separation between home and work, so weekends don't feel as unique as they did before, and work is always hanging around us. I wonder if, you know, we've talked uh, extensively about, you know, whether people want to go back to work mm. or not, whether companies are going to have employees back, you know, or want them back, and, you know, it seems like you think most bosses at heart really want to have be able to watch over their employees. I, I sense employees. that a lot will, will be itching to get people back in. But I wonder if the flip side to that is some bosses with staff working from home or, you know, giving them that privilege, let's mm. say, of working from home, whether or not they see it as, well, maybe I can, it's not nine to five anymore mm. if I've got them, you know, if I'm going to let you work from home, mm. I may need you at 730 uh, on a weekday evening and uh, you better be available to that. Although the world has kind of gone that way. Anyhow, I mean, yeah. how many emails and stuff do you end up finding yourself responding to at seven right. or eight o'clock at night? Um, this is odd. You know, we've heard so many different things, or complications outside of the normal getting very sick during covid it was like the thing with the, the like the gout toes or the COVID toes, and there was this problem or that problem. Now there's some men who are struggling, and maybe it's not a struggle for some, <laughs> firmness in their pants oh. that won't go away. It's like you've taken one too many Viagra. Wow. Doctors believe it's a side effect of the blood clots that can happen to people with the virus. Now, blood clots are not good. Uh, but I guess in this case, they're not going to your heart. They're going to your pants. <laughs> Point me in the direction of the doctor. <laughs> oh, there. Yeah. So now it's really? awkward. I guess we've got COVID penis now to deal with. You know, you're walking around and your wife looks at you and goes, well, what's got you so excited? Nothing, babe. Nothing. It's the COVID uh, penis. Either that or that the French maid's outfit's yeah. just normal lingerie now. Why are you like this right now, sweetie? I don't know. Don't. I had the COVID and now I got the problems. So it's a thing. Okay. Be aware of the COVID penis. <laughs> that would be a, maybe that's the new test. You see a guy walking down the street, he's got a bulge in his pants. You go, stay away from him. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's got the COVID penis. (laughs) That's six feet apart, not six inches. (laughs) Put your measuring stick away. We don't need that. Before we thought coughing and sneezing was the embarrassing thing. Guys are hiding their shame. (laughs) 
Well, you're packing, huh? You must be sick. <laughs> Thank goodness for the the, <laughs> the baggy pants of COVID. <laughs> really coming in handy. It's a new fashion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and finally. Uh, it's like a weather vane. What are you going to do? The pandemic may end the kiss cam at sporting events. After it's, you know, hard to kiss with a mask on, and uh, we're trying to get people to stop swapping droplets. So right, yeah. The Milwaukee Bucks decided they were going to try something different. They replaced the kiss cam with the hand sanitizer cam. Ooh, I saw this. Yeah, not It did good. not go over well. It's like a bukkake fest. <laughs> and there's guys, of course, being idiots, and they're opening their mouth. Because men are stupid. So like, they got to rethink that. I think they should probably just go around with hand sanitizer. Right. What they were doing was putting the face up on the big screen yeah. and then virtually squirting yeah. sanitizer at them. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't take no much. <laughs> no. It's not a stretch. <laughs> no. <laughs> to, to figure out what that looks like. <sighs> if I if I'm a twelve year old in all of us go, the way we react. If to I it. ever go to a sporting event and they got the hand sanitizer cam, I'm not only wearing a mask, I'm wearing goggles. <laughs> As we make our way around to, uh, to a year that has passed since uh, COVID began, think back to how we acted early on and the things we did. And, you know, the real concern we had because nobody knew what the hell this was. And, you know, we were just all so afraid that it was going to, you know, jump out from behind a tree or come around the corner and grab us and go up our pant leg that it was going to, you know, fly into our mouth because it was hanging in the air. And, and we just didn't know. And I remember reading something uh, early on where it said, if you hold your breath for 30 seconds and you can do it comfortably, then you don't have COVID. And, okay. and I remember believing, oh, that seems, and because I, I think at, early on, I'm sure I saw it like an, an Ontario government right. uh, COVID page. Well, we just knew it was respiratory, right? So if you're yeah. having trouble breathing. So, so I remember being so uh, calmed by that because I'd get up like every morning I'd brush my teeth. I'd, okay, how do I feel today? And stuff, you know. Because you remember back, you were always checking yourself. Right. right? So throat <laughs> yeah. fine. Or, you know, oh, I, I think I've got a little scratch in the back of my throat. Yeah. Now I, you fill out protocols. You don't even know what the questions oh, are. Listen, I go into the grocery <laughs> store now. Do you have, no, I'm fine. I'm good. Um, but yeah, so I remember doing like the holding my breath thing. And then I could do it and I'd be happy. I'd go, okay, good. But the lungs are good. To this day, for whatever reason, Every now and then, I'll still do it. Really? Like it, it's just stuck with me. And I know because it's been proven that it doesn't mean anything. But it's in my head that it does. Right. At least I just think, okay, the lungs must be all right. <laughs> just check that you're okay. I'm, I'm just not, yeah. So I guess a lot of people still think in this way because experts have been asked, does holding your breath when you walk past people help you avoid COVID? So it's not really so much a test of whether you have it. Right. But whether you can avoid it by holding your breath. Yeah. And these doctors, these experts, they say, uh, well, uh, can't hurt. probably won't help, but it might. Yeah. They don't really know, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's really difficult if that's the way you get it. it obviously, if someone sneezes mm. or is coughing and I'm passing right by them, then yeah, yeah I'll either wait a second or mm. I might hold my breath and go by. Um, and it's just so, it's so crazy that that's even the thought process that happens now mm. because before we would just jump and say, bless you. And that would be about it. Yeah. Right. Like it, we, we wouldn't even think that, or we just say, oh, that was gross and move on. <laughs> <I know. Right? laughs> 
I know. <laughs> like, oh, that guy just sprayed all over the place. Yeah. All right. I'll pick up that orange. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be fine. No, I know. It's uh, it's interesting how this is all played out. Now, I think so many of us have certainly, I'm, I'm sure, let our guard down uh, quite a bit. I mean, I again, you remember going and buying your groceries. And I remember hearing like a woman in the grocery store early on buying up like jugs of vinegar. Mm. And she was taking home all her produce and washing it with vinegar. You know, and I and I read early on, we wiped everything down that we brought into the house. And Maria had a whole setup, you know, okay, grocery bags go right here. Don't touch the counter where those grocery bags were. And with all of that has gone by the wayside now, mostly in our house anyhow. And, and uh, you know, still washing hands uh, more often than I ever did before. But a, a lot of it has, has fallen by the wayside. Yeah, well, certainly the hand washing. And I, I think... I'd like to think that would continue. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think of all the things that have gotten ingrained in me now. It's just you know realizing all the surfaces that we touch mm. on a regular basis and share with other people. Yeah, and 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 I think most of this, it's you know, it's it not necessarily concerned about what we do. You know, I know where my hands have been, mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. just. I don't know where yours have. Yeah, it'll be even interesting, you know, in these hallways, because we're all wearing masks when we leave our studios. But uh, how long will that carry on for? Like, if you get vaccinated uh, before everybody else, do you still walk around the building with your mask on uh, just to be polite? Or or do you stop wearing it because you start telling people you've got the vaccine? Well, that's one of the talks right now is in the conversations that they're having. The CDC in the States saying today that, you know, vaccinated people can meet with other vaccinated people mm. without wearing a mask as long as there's no people with serious health risks in the area. There's a, it's kind of like an open guideline mm. uh, thing. And Ontario already saying, whoa, 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 slow down. Mm. You know, if you think, you know, you're going to get your shot and right away you can go maskless. It, it doesn't happen that way. And it's not going to happen until we have enough people that there's that herd immunity thing going on. All the vaccinated people will be like the cool kids in school. They'll be off <laughs> hanging together and you'll, you'll just be walking by with your head down in shame. I haven't got my vaccine yet. I want to be one of the cool kids. Time to play everybody's new favorite board game. Who's the racist in the royal family? <laughs> it's much like Clue. Yeah, yeah. There's more rooms. <laughs> Pin the tail on the racist. Spin them around and... So uh, I guess on CBS this morning, Oprah said that uh, after the interview aired, Harry told her that it wasn't Queen Elizabeth or her husband, Prince Philip. And meanwhile, U.S. Weekly spoke to a body language expert who picked up several verbal and nonverbal hints that Meghan was holding back when she spoke about the Queen. The expert says her words came out stilted, almost as if she had rehearsed saying something nice about the Queen. She added when uh, asked uh, when asked Megan about her first meeting with the with the Queen, uh, you could see Megan's energy shift immediately. And another body language expert says that Harry's behavior indicated that he has love for the Queen and Prince William, but he showed anger and resentment towards his father, Prince Charles. Mm-hmm. So everybody's chiming in now, and I guess from the things I've heard yesterday in the in the uh, different. Uh, Pundits speaking about it, I guess these fingers are being pointed directly at Charles. For I all told you, bad. I got that sense when I watched it that it, it was, you know, there was a couple of things that he'd said. One that he, you know, his father had stopped taking his calls mm. and asked about the relationship and saying that it's it's strained mm. uh, between Charles and William too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it, it seems like 
you know, there's some some serious animosity there. And it could kind of be both ways, too. I mean, you've said it, that, that you know, when you're not in line to the throne, mm. you've got a, a much more free lifestyle, whereas Charles has been ingrained in it since the time he was born and William the same way. You know, uh, I was thinking about it yesterday. Why and where did things maybe go wrong between uh, Charles and Harry? And and I and I remembered back to that CNN documentary on Diana, and uh, you know, it went back and it showed as that relationship started to splinter and how she became the spotlight and how aggravated he was by all of it because. You know, when he met her, she was 19. She was nobody. She was a little school teacher. Nobody knew who she was. He was this uh, flamboyant playboy. He was running around all over the world. Everybody wanted to be the the uh, the wife uh, to the, the heir to the throne. And he was the spotlight. He was still a young man and all that stuff. And uh, he was really embarrassed by her, certainly when the affairs came to light. Now, again, he was no saint in any of it. He right. had his own affairs and all of that kept his girlfriend going through the entire process. So, you know, he certainly had his uh, stuff to deal with. But I wonder, I wonder one of the reasons why perhaps things went sour between him and his son is that it just takes him back to that dark time. How how ugly it all got. Reminds of Diana of all the time. Maybe he Diana looks at Megan yeah. and he just sees Diana. Right. And, and to this day, he probably despises her for a lot of reasons, you know? I wonder if it doesn't even go further back than that to Wallace Simpson, mm. right? An American divorcee yep. who's coming in and disrupting the royal family. Mm -hmm. So know? when he hears her complaining of mental health, well, he sees it as complaining. When he hears her speaking of having mental health issues or needing help, all he, it just flashes him back to Diana probably right. at the time and all her... Remember all the interviews she was doing and all the press she held where she said the royal family treated her so horribly and everything was bad. And that might be the case, and it, and then still wrong, mm. right? Yeah, uh, of course. We've learned so much. You just have to figure out where his head is at, I, right? I understand that, yeah. But, you know, but the world has learned so much about mental health issues mm -hmm. and how difficult it is to come forward. And if she, in fact, has done that and was denied by the royal family, mm. then it's inexcusable. The other thing, too, and I, and I guess it's because I find her so disingenuous a lot of times. Like, I was comparing the interview that uh, that James Corden did with uh, with Harry because I, I hadn't right. seen all of it, and I rewatched it. And he it's, talks, by the way, about his relationship with mm, his grandmother yeah, in that, too. In that, that as well. You know, she's yeah. buying a toaster or a waffle maker for her great-grandson. I, I uh, yeah, it was a great interview when they went and did the, the running around at that little fitness thing and all of that. And uh, I like Harry. You know, Harry on his own, Harry doing that. He's he. I, I've always liked the guy. It's it, she's she rubs me like a Yoko Ono. She, she <laughs> she's breaking up the band. Yes, <laughs> you know. Yes, you have a predisposed dislike and, and for he, Meghan Markle. And yes, you, you you can't not like Harry. Really, I mean yeah. the guy. I mean, he served two tours in Afghanistan. It seems like right? a really didn't, solid dude. Didn't have to do nope. that nope. either. And asked to be at the front lines was only removed when he became a danger mm -hmm. to other soldiers around him because of his position yeah um and and but didn't want to be removed had to be removed right. from that and then he's spent you know his days since that supporting wounded veterans mm -hmm. you know, he's no, he's, he's a, solid, he's a dude. solid guy yeah he is he is and i just i just feel like with that interview and i and i and again i haven't seen it i went looking for it yesterday on youtube and i'm sure it'll f eventually get posted up somewhere but i um 
Uh, of course, here in Canada, you can't see anything from CBS and, and, and all of that. Anyhow, um, they just don't read the room very well. Mm. You know, in a world that's got over 2 million dead from this COVID and people on the brink of losing everything, homes, family members, people have gone through all their savings to keep themselves above water. These two sit in a garden in California and discuss how tough they've had it. It's, yeah. it's really, really tough to give them any sympathy. Yeah, and she's in a you know $5,000 dress. Yeah, yeah. And Living wearing... in Tyler Perry's place. Yeah, well, they were until they bought well, their own, which see, is even bigger. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I can't. I just, yes, you might have gone through something. Well, everybody's gone through something and much tougher than you. Right. I know everybody's thing is everybody's thing, and we've all got our poop to deal with. But but I guess it's just a different attitude in both Hollywood and in the UK when it comes to tabloids and the press. And controlling the narrative mm. is what they're looking to do. I agree with you, though. Their timing is not great. And I wonder now, too, moving forward, like Charles is really going to be in it if it turns out that he was the one that commented what color is Archie's skin going to be or how dark will he be? There could be a discussion in that royal family about maybe we just pass through Charles and give it to, to William. Yeah. I, well, and listen, she and, and Harry and Meghan both made a, a great point in that, you know, as rulers of the Commonwealth, like mm. the Queen is, like the majority of the Commonwealth countries mm. are countries of color. Brown skinned people, a lot of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. You know, so. You know, Megan and Harry both had kind of said that, you know, having someone like Megan in the family, it's not a bad thing, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. unless you're staunch and white and old school, mm. which reeks of Buckingham Palace. And it's shocking of Charles, though, because, you know, you see photos of him. You know, he's always been very, um, it seemed, generous with people of color. And, you know, you'd see him at events and different yeah, things. But and how people I mean, he can put on an image. Of course Outside he can. Of and how they act, you know, what they want in their own family sure. sometimes can be very different things. Yeah. But, you know, and, and Charles, too, if he's upset that his son wants his cake and eats it, too. Well, he's had that, mm. right? He got the divorce, got mm -hmm. to be with the girlfriend that he was having all the conversations and affairs with all along mm. and still is somehow in line. Yeah. Yeah. I just think he sees Megan as a, a thorn in his side. Oh, and a, yeah. And, uh, and, a, and a picture from the past he'd rather not have to look at anymore. If you're uh, planning a vacation of some sort after all this COVID stuff is done and we can get back to living... A normal life. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a company called Orbital Assembly, and it's planning the first space hotel they're hoping to start building in 2025. I think we're going to have all our vaccines here by then. Right. And uh, they have to, plans is to have it open by 2027. It'll be big enough to have 280 guests at a time, and a three-night stay will cost about five million dollars oh. do they have wi-fi i'm gonna wait for a hot wire deal <laughs> what does TripAdvisor say yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> couldn't find my toothbrush that's right um marine <laughs> biologists in new zealand discovered glow-in-the-dark sharks they found uh, that three species can do it and they're not small one of them can grow to about six feet they glow because of light producing cells in their skin Right. In other animal news, the world's oldest, no, oldest known wild bird is a mum again at age 70. Dirty birdie. She's an albatross that scientists have been tracking since 1956. They say she's now had at least 40 chicks. Wow. 35 of them still living in the nest. Right. <laughs> she won't push them out. She bubble wraps them.
So that's interesting. I wonder if it's the same dad throughout or if she got around the town. Right. Uh, and an Egyptologist translated a set of 3,500-year-old instructions on how to mummify a body. 3,500-year-old instructions. He translated this. Here's the difference between me and people like him. I spent the weekend reading Artie Lang's Crash and Burn. <laughs> yeah, but remember you know, a while back there was a, like a, a sign language interpreter that it was discovered that they didn't even know it. They were just, right. you know, maybe he's doing the same thing. Maybe. You know? His job is, they, they say, well, well, what does this say? And he's just making it up as he goes along. <laughs> no idea <laughs> whatsoever. Get the bounty <laughs> and wrap it around. <laughs> Coming to America, the uh, sequel uh, attracted more viewers than any other movie that premiered on a streaming service over the past year. That means it beat uh, Wonder Woman 1984 and Borat. It uh, really has done well. So coming soon, coming to America 3, well, 4, and 5. Question, though, were those others free to stream? Uh, they might have had the same deal where I, it, it depends, I guess, on where they were, right? Right. If, if they were on Amazon Prime, then you would think, sure, if you had the, the Prime package, then you get it for free. Uh, I guess if they were on Crave, then you would maybe probably have to pay for it. I'm not sure where they were. Yeah, like I know the kids are, are were interested in seeing Tom and Jerry. Mm. Like they had a, a movie that just came out what, last week, two weeks yeah. ago. Um, but they want 25 bucks mm -hmm. <laughs> to watch it, which you know when you consider, okay, if I'm going to the movies sure. and getting popcorn and all of that, 25 bucks for the family is a deal. Yeah. But when you're sitting on your couch mm -hmm. <laughs> and you've got all these movies available for free on the streaming service, and it'll probably be free in about six months, exactly, anyhow, right? Six weeks, the way they go these <laughs> days. Uh, Katie Couric is uh, set or to guest host Jeopardy for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, saw her last night. She was uh, she was okay. Yeah, kind of sounds like a school teacher just you know reading the clues. Mm. Doctor Oz is up next, and Aaron Rodgers. And uh, you listen, it's all very nice, but isn't it a bit much with the ongoing salute to Alex Trebek? It's it's it's. A, I mean, his widow's moved on. <laughs> Jeopardy can't seem to let it go. Even Alex uh, Ghost Spirit says okay. I get it. I, I I I thought it was a bit much with Ken Jennings, uh, with his. I think he did what like four or five weeks at least. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, and every night, you know, thanking everyone and and thank you, Alex, and uh, and there's always you know, as Alex used to say when the producer was hosting, and he was very good by the way, mm. the executive producer, um, was guest hosting the last couple of weeks. Uh, but yeah, every, every night. There's a mention of Alex Trebek. Mm -hmm. And while, you know, I, I, I guess he's ingrained as as the Jeopardy host to those at Jeopardy, mm. you know, it's so often where you think someone's irreplaceable and you find out, yeah, no, it's a, it's fine without them. And I'm, I guess it's probably because it's the very rare, if maybe the only time that a host has passed away while still doing the job. Many, you know, have retired and then, you know, like the Johnny Carsons or they've, they've called it quits and retired and then like 10 years later they're dead. Right. Whereas he was still doing it right up to like the week before he passed away or something. So mm. that's probably the case. It's just, it seems like, well, when, when are we dropping this? And how hard is it to find a new host? Like if they're going to do two weeks now with Katie, then two with Dr. Oz, two with Aaron Rodgers, and they've got like 
Anderson Cooper and all these other people yeah. line up. Like, how long are we dragging this out for? Well, I, th- I think the the guest host thing was just, you know, it's it's a way to get any kind of more interest sure. going in it. And, and I don't mind it. You kind of move around to it mm. uh, and move around hosts a little bit and try out other people. I thought Ken Jennings was a great uh, mm-hmm. uh, nomination for the first person and the most successful uh, contestant on it. Mm. I didn't think he was a great host. <laughs> honestly yeah. and then uh you know this executive producer guy as i said i thought was great katie couric was all right mm-hmm. you think she'd be great at it she was all right um so i don't know it'll it'll take some time i guess to find the right fit but if you're you know continually have alex in mm. mind which it seems the show does it'll take a long time to find that person end up being his hologram soon right um, Mary Margaret Humes, who I, I guess is the was the original producer or showrunner of Dawson's Creek. She's okay. been in talks with Jan, uh, James Vanderbeek and Katie Holmes about a Dawson's Creek revival. I thought that creek dried up. No, I guess not. They're trying to get it going again. And uh, there's even talk of a Blossom revival. If you remember that show? Oh my goodness! Isn't Mayim Bialik already doing another show? Some terrible sitcom called Call Me Cat. Call Me Cat. It's brutally bad. I mean. Uh... You know what's back, too? Punky Brewster is back. Oh, really? Yeah, like, like uh, Soleil Moon Fry yeah, back yeah, yeah. on it, and Freddie Prince Jr. They're like, hmm. we are, uh, I guess, very susceptible. Mm. <laughs> those those of the 90s generation or who were watching things in the 90s because they are hell-bent on bringing everything back. And uh, tell me if this Dak Prescott is worth all this dough. He just got a four-year, $160 million contract, $126 million guaranteed, and a signing bonus of $66 million, highest in NFL history yeah. uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. $1 million more, that signing bonus, than Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah, really? Just had to go. Yeah, just yeah. had to get that yeah, yeah. top bonus. That is huge. Mm. Huge money. Is he worth it? I don't know. <laughs> Breaks I mean, his leg next who week. Who is worth it? Well, here's the problem. He broke his leg last year. Oh, did he? Right? Week five. Broke hmm. and and dis- dislocated ankle and broken ankle. Like It was a nasty injury. So he's coming off injury. They are predicting that he will be healthy to start next season. Wow. But he's getting a guaranteed $126 million. I think he gets like $77 million in his first year. $66 million up front as well as the signing yeah, bonus. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I'm like out. He's 28. <laughs> <laughs> if I were him, I, even if I was feeling good, I'd be walking with a limp. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.